What a year we've had. <laughs> I was thinking last Christmas. I mean, no one would have thought last Christmas, right? Last Christmas, we were uh, lines around the buildings, uh, putting people in overflow on overflow on overflows, and, and just ready to come into 2020, right? 2020, it was, it was our year, 2020 vision. Like, you know, come on, somebody, right? And uh, it's been quite the year. Hey, I want to say to you real quick, um, as thinking about the beginning of a new year, on January the 3rd, we're kicking off a brand new series, and a series, if you're new to church, is just a collection of messages around a central theme, and the, the name of this series is going to be called Hindsight is 2020. Come on, how you like that? That's clever, right? Hindsight is 2020. It's going to be a good series. We also kick off 21 days of fasting and prayer. Um, we really believe that if you give God the beginning of your year, it just will help you all through the year. So we start that on January the 3rd. And then also last week was Kingdom Builder offering our year in giving, and I can't wait to tell you what God did. I'll tell you on January 3rd, so make sure you're here. But I'm just telling you, uh, Sunday was a miracle. Monday morning was a miracle. I have some amazing stories of what God did um, through that. So uh, just couldn't thank you enough. And I know some of you are like, ah, oh, I missed out. Can I still be a part of that? You definitely can through the end of the year. But I was thinking about 2020. And if one word, like describing it in, in one word that accurately portrays everything that took place, it is there. It's this. It's the word disruption. Would you agree that it's... Would you agree? Yes. Come on, Richmond. It's disruption, right? Like everything, I mean, if you, if you think of anything in your life, you can add, yeah, something was disrupted. Like some of you, a uh, high school graduation was disrupted. Some of you, a college graduation was disrupted. Some, you were planning for a marriage and a wedding and, um, and it was disrupted in some way, whether you had to push it or whether you had to limit the party. Um, this disruption would kind of describe it. Some of you had uh, job disruptions. Some of you had financial disruptions. Some of you had relational disruptions, right? You, you, you've, you, were, you were quarantined and you're forced to be together like you never had been before and you learned some things about each other you didn't know before and some relational disruptions. Some of you, we went through um, racial injustice and social unrest and, and you had some disruptions and, and that disruptions created some angst and anxiety and stress and and so many things, but at the core of it, it was like our world was disrupted, our lives were disrupted, so much was disrupted in this year. Would you agree? And I think it's, I think it's um, just so interesting and it so relates to the Christmas story because the Christmas story is one big disruption. I don't know if you ever thought about that, because most of us think about the Christmas story. We, we, we fast forward to baby in a manger, Mary and Joseph, some animals all looking at him, just, you know, sitting real nicely, like laying in the grass. And we fast forward to that, but it was a massive disruption. And, and Matthew gives us a little bit of insight into that. Matthew starts out, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. It's kind of like Matthew is saying, I don't want you to think that it was all beautiful. I don't want you to think that it was all nice and clean. I don't want you to mistake that the Christmas story was just like beautiful little baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, wise men coming to visit him, the magi bringing gifts to him. And it was just this beautiful little scene like it was Jesus, the, the God man. He never cried. You know, he didn't mess his diaper like he came out potty trained. Like, I don't want you to think it was all sanitized. Are y'all with me? I want you to understand this is how it really went down. Teenage girl gets pregnant. MTV runs a special. No, I'm kidding. Not really. I'm joking. 
Teenage girl gets pregnant. Fiance wants to file for divorce. Are y'all with me? It was a disruption. Massive disruption into the life of Mary. Massive disruption into Mary's family and status and standing in the community. Massive disruption into the life of Joseph. Massive disruption with all of Joseph's buddies who are like, really, bro? You're buying that story? It's, she's pregnant and it's God's? You're going with that? For real? I mean, I mean, think about this for a moment. It wasn't so pretty and packaged as we think because we just go fast forward to the success of it. Jesus in the earth, Emmanuel, God with us. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. You know, it's just like this wonderful moment, but I don't want you to mistake the presence of success for the absence of struggle. And I want to speak to somebody because your year has been full of struggle and you've been comparing your struggle to what perceived to be other people's success. And I just want you to understand that just because success is present doesn't mean that there isn't struggle to get to the success. You don't know often what it took to get to where people are. And if you're not careful, you'll be in the middle of struggle and there's been so much struggle this year. And you'll think that God is not present with you and that God has forgot about you and that God is not interested in what you're going through. And will you ever get out of this? And will you ever get to a point because look at their family and their photos and look what they post and look at the vacation they took and look at that marriage. It just looks beautiful. And look at them. They just seem to be so content in being single. And will I ever get to that? And I just want you to know, you don't always know the story and the struggle it took to get to the success. Are y'all with me? I say it like this sometimes. You, you see people that, that like are just full on passionate. Maybe in a service you see people just worshiping and their tears coming down their face. And I'm like, don't ever mock that because you don't know the pain it took to the, that kind of worship. You don't know the struggle it took. You don't know the tears they cried. See, we love to live on the other side of victory. That's where we like to live. We like to live on the side of the applause. Like we like to live on the other side of the testimony. Like our marriage is wonderful and our kids are loving God and our, our, our business is flourishing and, and you know, and, and we just, we got another promotion and, and we like to live on that side of it. Or I'm sober now for two years and, and our, I, I'm getting off drugs. And we love to hear those stories, like tell those stories. We, we, you know, we heart emoji those posts. Like, you know, look another year of sobriety, we're like, Praise all the praise hands, heart emoji, like we're just all about that. But we don't necessarily want to go pick them up from the bar whenever they're slap drunk and losing their mind. And we don't know how this thing is going to turn out. And we don't, we like to be on the other side of victory. But can I tell you, you don't get victory without a struggle. You don't get victory without a battle. You don't get to success without a mess. And we don't like the mess because it's hard. We don't want the, we don't want the, I'm pregnant and I'm not married. And in this culture, I could be kicked out of my family. I could be ostracized. I could be slated and labeled a whole lot of things. We don't want to be in the middle of the mess. We like, we like the picture perfect. We like success. But I'm just telling you, you don't get to success without struggle. 
And I just want to encourage you with this too. The Bible says in John 16, that in this world, this is Jesus talking. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Some of you are like, could you bring a more positive Christmas message? Like, you know, it's Christmas. Could you give something a little more happy? Okay, I'm positive in this world. You will have trouble. In this world, you're going to face some things. And you don't always know when they're coming. And you don't always know how they're coming. And sometimes the struggle you face is no decision you made. It's the decision of somebody else that is now affecting your life adversely. In this world, you will have trouble. But the great thing about following Jesus is he says, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I just want to speak to somebody that's been walking through a struggle this year. And maybe you're not even into God. You're not into church. You're not even sure about all this. I just want to say that when you hook up your wagon to Jesus, he doesn't say, I'll take away all the struggles. But he says, I have overcome all the struggles. I overcame death, hell, and the grave. And because I I've overcome, you can overcome too. He said, I didn't just come to give you life, but I came to give you a life that is abundant, that's overflowing, that is full. Doesn't mean you won't walk through a pandemic. Doesn't mean you may not walk through some injustice. Doesn't mean you may not walk through some hardship, but he says, I'm gonna walk with you. I'm gonna empower you. I'm gonna allow you to live full in the middle of it. Let me tell you something, just cause chaos is all around us, chaos doesn't have to be in us. Come on, I'm preaching if you don't know it yet. Don't mistake success and the presence of it for the absence of struggle. You have no idea, you don't know somebody's story till you hear it. It may look nice now, but doesn't always look that way. Got a letter this week in the mail. Said, Dear Pastors Daniel and Tammy, been trying to figure out to put words to this for about three months and the courage to write it. And it goes on for three pages, front and back, type, single space, <laughs> to share how the marriage was on the brink of disaster. How Alcoholism was a constant struggle in the family. And just the ups and downs of that and the moments of it's going to get better and the moments of it's gotten worse and the moments of we're going to get a, it's going to change this time and then it doesn't change this time. And, and it was just three pages of struggle. And then it was, we tried, tried everything, tried, came to, just tried all the things and then said, then decided to do 21 days of prayer and fasting this year. Last January, this past January. Came every morning, 6 a.m. Can't say there's something about getting up early and giving God the first. I don't know what it is. There's just something about getting up early and giving God the first. Said so the letter said, I even prayed out loud like you tell us to. Part of my strategy on that is to keep you awake at 6 a.m., y'all. Said so it got the day to 21 expecting the miracle, and the miracle wasn't there. The marriage wasn't better. Matter of fact, on day 21, he went out and got drunk. But it doesn't stop there. The letter went on to go ahead and say, I got into a freedom group. The other spouse got into a treatment center. She said, we both had stuff to work on. 
came out of that season and I called them on Thursday night to say thank you for the letter. And they said, they were just sharing how their marriage is better than it's ever been, how sobriety been clean since February, how God is working in the middle of it. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to give somebody a little bit of hope because if you stop on page two, you would have thought it was all over. Or if you stopped on page two and a half, you would have thought that there's no hope and where is God in the middle of this? And if you'd have stopped even at the top of page three, it wasn't till the last paragraph of page three that I found out that God worked what God was working in them and that the struggle was worth it and that the pain was worth it and that walking through it was worth it. I just wanna to say to somebody, don't give up in the middle of your struggle. Don't quit in the middle of your struggle. God is still good and God is still working. My Bible tells me that my God works all things together. A pandemic, pain, suffering, alcohol. He's working all things together for my good. And he's working it for your good as well. So don't mistake the presence of success for the absence of struggle. Joseph had a struggle. At some point, Mary came and said, hey, something to tell you. You know, they didn't have text. She couldn't text that. She couldn't DM that. She had to face that, face to face. You know what I'm saying? And so Joseph didn't buy the story. I mean, that, that's what Matthew's letting us know. He did not buy the story. He didn't buy that she was pregnant with God's son or he wouldn't have chosen divorce. He didn't believe it. That's why the angel had to come and be like, bro, you're gonna mess a lot up. <laughs> She's telling the truth. But the Bible said in this, it said he considered, one translation, I, I like the way it says, he had in mind to divorce her quietly because he was a righteous man. So Joseph thought he was doing the right thing because he didn't want Mary's name to be run through the mud. He didn't want her to be disgraced. So it said he had in mind. But can I tell you this? Sometimes your good thoughts will limit God thoughts. He had a good thought. Divorce her quietly. Don't let her name get run through the mud. Don't want people to make fun of her. Don't want her to be put over shame and guilt. But I can't marry her because I'm not buying that story. I can't marry her because she's cheated on me. But I'm not going to be a bad guy. I'm not going to be a jerk to her and just kick her out and make a spectacle of her. I'm going to do, he was having a good thought. Good guy. Like, good guy, Joseph. Nice guy. Good call, Joseph. But his good thought was limiting the God thought. Can I ask you something? Where in your life over the past year have your good thoughts limited God thoughts? Well, where in your life, because here's what I know, is that whenever struggle hits and when disruption comes into our life as it has into this year, we immediately go to our best thoughts. But can I tell you something? Your best thoughts will limit God thoughts. What, what thoughts have you allowed to go running around in your mind this year? What thoughts of doubt and what thoughts of fear and, and what thoughts of, of, can I just erase this year? And what thoughts of, if I can just get to 2021, can I just tell y'all something? I don't know if you know, nothing's gonna change when the clock strikes 12 on the 31st. I hate to disappoint you. Are y'all with me? The other night we had some people over at the house and um, 
open, you know, open the door to let them in, two birds come in with them. One of them went out real fast. One of them hung out with us a little bit. So I immediately, I, I yell upstairs because uh, Faith was upstairs, uh, my, my second oldest. And I said, Faithy, um, close all the bedroom doors because all I could picture is that bird's going to head straight up, you know, because our foyer is straight open. I was like, he's going to straight up and find himself a bedroom and then into a bathroom and it's going to be forever to get. I was like, close all the doors. And then I was like, oh, and get me a broom. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing with a broom. I'm not a bird catcher, but I have no net. But I just, I thought I could kind of direct him, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't going to hit it, y'all. Don't worry. Don't send emails to the church. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to injure the bird. I was just trying to get him out of the house. And this bird was like flying all over the house, you know, like um, he'd land on the mantle and then he'd fly into the piano room and he'd, he'd land on there and then he flew for the foyer and he left a, a nice little gift for us in the foyer. And then he flew, I mean, it was a few minutes of him flying around and finally I got the bird out and I was studying this about Joseph had in mind and, and the spirit of God said to me, I wonder how many people have opened the door of their mind and just let all things kind of things flying in and it's just leaving little droplets of you know what all over your mind are you following me what have you been allowing to fly around what thoughts have been flying around in your mind that well this is just the year of defeat well this is just a season of I can't get up well this is I'll never get through this God never will God couldn't I just want to say you need to take the limits off of your thinking and not have good thoughts but have some God thoughts that no I'm not going to have a, a good thought that I just make it through this year no I'm going to thrive through the end I got a few more days left I'm coming out better I'm coming out stronger I'm coming out with more faith in my heart I'm coming out with more determination I'm not going to waste this year I'm going to maximize this year for everything that God wants for me I may only have a few days left but I'm going to turn something around I'm not going to limit God's thoughts in my life he says he has great plans for me. They're to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. He says that he can do exceedingly abundantly and above anything I could ask or imagine. I don't know what, what your church background is or, or what your experience with God or religion is up to this point. Maybe, maybe you grew up in what I grew up in that I just thought God was waiting to condemn me and beat me up, and he was just waiting for the moment that I did something wrong. He was just waiting for me to curse at somebody. He was just waiting for me to like have a bad attitude, and then he's just gonna like zap me with the heavenly taser gun. And I, you know, like I just I don't know about like I wanted to be under God's radar. I didn't want to be on His radar. I didn't I didn't want to be too excited about church that I was on His radar because then when I knew it blew it, I just wanted to kind of be under the radar, like just kind of float through and maybe get into heaven one day. Y'all, are y'all following me? I don't know what your experience is, but I want you to know who the God of the Bible is. He's a God that demonstrated his love towards you. He didn't talk about it. He was about it. And here's how he demonstrated his love towards you. In that while you were still a sinner. You're like, oh great, here you go. You're going to tell me how bad of a sinner I am. No, we're all in that boat. The Bible says all have sinned. Me, you, all of us. The word sin is just, it's an archery term, literally. It means the missed mark. You know what it means? It means that no matter how much you try to hit the bullseye, you can't do it. No matter how many times, over and over, your best day, your best. That's why religion is so frustrating. That's why some of you have tried church and it drove you crazy. Because you were trying to hit the bullseye by yourself. You know what I found a long time ago? If I let go and let God pull back the arrow, he hits it every 
single time on my behalf. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated his love towards me. He demonstrated his love towards you. In that while you were, in other words, while you were still running from God, while you were still at the bar, come on somebody, while you were still sleeping around, while you were still turning your back on him, while you were still cursing him, while you were still trying to do it all on your own, right in that moment, he was like, still love you. It's unbelievable. We can't get our mind around that because we live in uh, a lot of, ex- uh, of exchange of love. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. You love me, I'll love you back. You don't love me, I don't love you. God's love isn't like that. He says, while you were still running from me, I loved you. While you still wanted nothing to do with me, I loved you. And you know what the Apostle Paul told us? He said, so, if God wouldn't spare his own son because of how much he loves us, if we wouldn't hold him back, how will he not with Jesus give us all things? You know what that tells me? He didn't just come to give me life one day in heaven. That John 10, 10 really is true. He didn't just come to give me life. He came to give me life to the full. So why are you limiting what God can do in your life with good thinking? Why don't you lift the level and have God thoughts? Joseph had in mind a good thing, but it wasn't a God thing. And if I had to guess, you're living well below the level of what God wants you to live. Because you may even have good thoughts. Some of them may not be good thoughts, but you may have good thoughts. <laughs> but they're not God thoughts. You know what he said to Joseph? Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. You know what he said to Joseph? He said, hey, Joseph. Um, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You know, the word conceive, obviously, you know, it means that conceive is to get pregnant, like, you know, the sperm, the egg, right? Um, okay, just, y'all sure? <laughs> Some of you are like, what was that? <laughs> but the word conceived also means an imagination or an idea that is made in the mind. So what was conceived in Mary was first conceived in the mind of God. And do you know what this means? It means that for you, that God is conceiving things in his mind. That he wants conceived in you. Because whenever it gives birth into the earth, it will change the world around it. Well, pastor, God can never use me in that way. No, no, no. Listen, he has a purpose and a plan for you. The Bible says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he determined in beforehand for you to do. In other words, before you ever got on the planet, before you ever made any decisions, God, who is outside of time and eternity, he is not linear. He is not combined. He is not contained to time and eternity. He's outside time of eternity. Looked at the moment you were born and the moment you died at the same time. And he said, that's my workmanship created in Christ, I have some good things for them to do and accomplish in the earth. And so he is conceiving, think about this, he has conceived in his mind a purpose for you that he wants to be conceived in your heart. Because it never makes it into the earth until you believe it. It doesn't make it into the earth until you believe it. It's not about your talent or your skill or your ability. It's about your faith. 
And here's the reality, all of us are trusting in something. All of us, all of you have faith. You have faith in your job. You have faith in maybe your academic pursuit. Some of you have faith in your football team. If you're around here, you shouldn't. I grew up in Tennessee, I have no faith in them or in Jeremy Pruitt. You got faith in something. It's just where are you placing it? Are you placing it in your career? Are you placing it in your status? Are you placing your faith in the size of your home, the, the brand that's on your car, how much money that you have in savings or your 401k or your investments or your real estate or your business that you built? And all those things are wonderful and I'm for all that, but where are you placing your faith? I would say if you place your faith in those things, you have found out this year that that thing is shaky. Because the job can be gone in a moment. Status can be gone in a moment. Car can break down in a moment. Stock market can crash in a moment. It's all shaking sand. All Jesus is inviting you to is to say, place your faith in me, I'm a firm foundation. You can build your life upon it. One last thought. The angel said to Joseph, all this took place to fulfill what the prophet said. All this, what was all this? Pregnant teenager, Joseph, all this took place to produce what? All this. Salvation, you being here. All that took place for all this. Opportunity to know Christ, sins forgiven, purpose. Home in heaven, yeah, one day, better life now. Because life is better when you put Jesus first. It just goes better. All this took place for all this. Here, I believe all that took place for this moment right now for you. For some of you, I, I really believe you're, you're here in a divine moment. That maybe somebody invited you, maybe somebody shared the link and you just thought I'll log in, I'll check in, I need to do a Christmas thing, I wanna check that. But I'm just telling you, listen, listen. God put you here. Jesus came 2000 years ago for this moment for you. Why? Because he demonstrated his love. Because he, he, he's in pursuit of you. He's in pursuit of you. He's trying to help you see that all the things that you thought would fulfill and fill the voids in your life, that it won't do it. Another sexual encounter won't do it. A, more substance won't do it. Another raise, another promotion. Another 4.0. It doesn't fulfill the deepest parts of you. It's because God created you and shaped you with a need for relationship with him. Not religion, this isn't about joining a church. It's about you having a personal relationship with a loving God. And the way that you receive that is by faith. It's not by your works. The Bible says it's not by your works so you don't get the credit. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. 
And the scripture tells us how we receive it. It's not by coming to church more, praying more, you know, show, uh, dream teaming, getting a small group, giving, financial. No, no, no. You receive the forgiveness of sins this way. The apostle Paul wrote it in the book of Romans. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Now, Lord isn't a word we really use a whole lot today, but it means you're in control. You're the director of my life. I'm submitting, I'm surrendering to you. We'll follow your way, not my way. So if you confess him with Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. What is that? The resurrection. The resurrection proves that he is who he said he was. I don't know about you. I'm going with the guy that got up out of the grave. I'm putting my faith in that guy. I'm going with that one. And the Bible says if you do that, you'll be saved. Today, you can have the confidence that heaven is your home and that you have peace with God. Now listen to me. There's some of you, you'd say, I don't know this for me, Pastor, I'm a Christian. But if I were to say, do you know in your heart that heaven is your home? You'd say, no, I feel really far from God. Christian has almost become a label like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat. No, it's not a label, it's a relationship. If you don't have confidence in your heart that you know Jesus, today's your day, this is your moment. This is why you're here. This is why this whole experience is put together. And so no matter where you're viewing from, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. It's a holy moment. I believe God's speaking to so many of you. I really sense that there's some gentlemen in the room that God is speaking to you. For some of you, you relate because you're the alcoholic in the story I told about. That's your story. You never thought you could be free. Never thought anything could change. I want you to know it can. I want you to know the power of God really can change a life. It begins with you taking a step. For some of you, you've, you've had life all together. You, you've achieved the success you want. You're in the neighborhood that you want. You're taking the vacations that you want and you're still empty and you don't understand why. It's because there's a void in your life that only Jesus can fill. And today I wanna to give you the opportunity to receive the grace gift of Jesus. We're gonna confess with our mouth and if you genuinely believe in your heart, then on the authority of God's word today, you will be saved. And so church, we're gonna to pray together out loud for the benefit of those praying for the first time or maybe some that are coming back to God today that have walked away. So if you would join me at every location, no matter where you're watching from online, just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, we love to celebrate those who made that decision. We think it's the greatest decision that you ever make in your life. Matter of fact, the scripture says that angels in heaven rejoice over one person that says yes to Jesus. So I just believe they're throwing a party in heaven right now over that. And we want to celebrate you. We want to help you take next steps. This is the beginning of a journey, not the end of it. 
And so several years ago, I wrote a book called Fully Alive, and it's all about how to take these steps forward, how, how to live this life of abundance and of fullness in Christ. And it's a free resource. I want to get into your hand. And so if you'd let us know simply by texting LCS to 94,000, it'll be on the screen for you there, LCS to 94,000. Whether you're at one of our campuses or you're watching online from around the world, you can text that number. We would love to get that into your hand this week. And so let us know that. We want to celebrate with you. We believe it's the greatest thing that you'll ever do is to take that, make that decision and begin the journey of following Jesus. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.